Hello and welcome to the Nauru Fastcast with your hosts, Dave and Josh Masson. Pull up a chair and listen to us discussing fasting and health-related topics. Hi there and welcome to another episode of the Nauru Fastcast. So today I want to talk to you about pre and post meals for fasting. It's really probably one of the most asked questions we get other than what breaks a fast. So the idea is that we need to sort of think about what we're going to eat before and after the, our fast because it does make a difference and also the makeup of what you eat makes a difference. So if you have um, any dietary problems or you kind of suffer with things that irritate your bowel, maybe you're kind of one of those lucky people that don't, I personally do. So I know that if I break my fast with some fruit or something sugary like honey, I instantly get a tingling in my lips, my mouth, and it's just because my body is just so geared up for waiting for glucose to come in. I have this big spike and it really does have an effect on me. So this isn't just sort of me, this is actually also the research that suggests that we should try and think about what we eat. Okay, so we have got a blog on this on our website, which is Feed the Fast, and we kind of go into it in quite a bit of depth, but today I just wanted to sort of talk about some of the key principles. So we always bang on about meal prep, and I really think it's something really important because meal prep can take five minutes. I mean, so today I will have some sauerkraut, which literally I pick out the pot, I'll boil some eggs, four minutes, three minutes of some eggs, um, chop up some cheese, uh, I will put some avocado in, cut up some beef, um, some olives, some cucumber, chuck that in and take some fruit and some honey and that is it. That's And I don't tend to have the cheese but after I break my fast but in principle that takes me five minutes to make and it fills me up, it's all nutritiously dense, it's all good for you and it's not it's not rocket science. I mean, again, I'm probably one of those boring people that I can eat the same thing over and over again. I think it might be a bit of a guy thing, but I just have got so much going on, like a lot of people do, that I'm sort of like, well, I know what's healthy. I don't, It tastes good, you know, it kind of tastes okay, but I don't really have the time, unfortunately, to sit down and savor what I eat as much as I would like to. So, you know, and again, it's cheap as well. It's cheap to make, it's cheap to make, it's cheap to do, it's, you know, it's cheap on time and cheap on cost. So I think those two things are the key the key barriers, really. People say, oh, it's really expensive to do that. But I, if I want to fill myself up when I'm at work, I'll go and spend like 15 quid in a day on food because I'm just, I have a really big appetite and it just, nothing fills me up. So, so let's just think about this. Okay, so we've got what to eat before we break our fast and what to eat when we break our fast. Okay, so the most important one actually is the pre-fast meal. So contrary to what you think i always bang on about this but we do have 40,000 calories stored or if you're overweight you probably have about 100,000 calories stored and then you have about 2,000 calories of glycogen stored so really when you think about how much food you should eat to carry you through that time you're not fast when you're not eating it really shouldn't be a problem because you've obviously it's more of a case about how we access that food rather than the amount of food that we need to eat to store to carry us through that fast so Really, what you want to do is you actually want to have a slightly lower calorie and a smaller meal at night. And the reason is, is that when you go to sleep, your body will be able to metabolize that 
break that down, store it, then have no food in it, and then start the metabolic switching when you're asleep. So the idea is that if you have a smaller meal at night that's got that's less calorific, it means that when you wake up in the morning, your body would have already started metabolically switching when you're asleep, which is the bit that does take a bit of energy in the time period where people start to feel a little bit hungry, which is where hydration, especially with salt, can really help that transition period. I just want to interrupt today's podcast. Josh and I have spent the last eight years trying to work out how we can get minerals into our body during our fast without breaking it. So me search is research, right? So we thought, well, why don't we make some? And therefore, other people seem to have the same problem. So we can solve that problem for them. So that's exactly what we've done. We've spent three years developing this product and now we've just brought it to market. So if you want to go and try how and see how much better it makes you feel having electrolytes during your fasting period, then go over to the website now. We have got 25% off. Go and grab it. It tastes delicious. And I can promise you that it's going to make your fasting experience so much better. So don't just take our word for it. Go over there, grab some today. So I would suggest having something that's low in carbohydrate. So carbohydrate in the evening is great because carbohydrate actually helps you uh, to go feel sleepy so it's not to have a uh, no carbohydrate but obviously have it kind of at the end of the meal but just have some carbohydrate but not loads because if we have loads of carbohydrate the body will have to release more insulin and as we know as the evening goes on our bodies become less receptive to insulin because melatonin is released which tells our pancreas to kind of uh, slow down the amount of insulin that's being released so therefore it's going to take a longer time to try and uh, reduce down the, the the carbohydrates to pack the carbohydrate away and we'll be producing insulin for longer during the night and therefore once we've got insulin in our body the body won't want to use any other sources of energy such as fat so once he once the insulin's gone the body goes cool okay let's try and burn some fat here and it is just a better sustained energy source. So back to pre-fast meal. So, you know, again, if you're going to have something like, I don't know, steak and a salad, and then just have like a small number of chips, if you're going to have some like homemade chips or some roast potatoes or whatever you kind of want with it, um, but just have a smaller amount and then eat them in that order because obviously the sugar spike is reduced by 50% if you have the salad, steak and then your chips. Try and always remember that. It's pretty pretty easy to do, especially you know even with things like kids, you know. Go downstairs, the first thing I kind of do is chop up some cucumber and some bits for the boys, give it to them. They just think that they always come down and have cucumber, but it's mindfully doing it so that it means when if I'm going to go make them, you know, toast of and have like loads of time it just kind of means that they're going to have less of that spike which can affect things like mood and all this type of stuff so that's the that's the key so your pre-fast uh, meal is one of the most important because if it's slightly lower calorie and it's got slightly lower amounts of carbohydrate in it then it means your body will trans transition quicker overnight and you're going to wake up and feel more energetic because your body is then going to be accessing this massive fuel source, like I said, 40 to 100,000 calories that it can sustain throughout the day. And it also means that you're not going to then go to bed feeling bloated, feeling sluggish. You wake up feeling quite light. And I really like that idea. And actually, I have found it being the most I'd say the most profound change is by having more protein, more fat and less carbohydrate at night. I wake up and I just feel so much better. So with that, obviously, if you do wake up and you start getting the ketosis, some people find that 
I, for me, don't always go into ketosis. I seem to have a lower amount of body fat, but I do struggle to get in there quite quickly. The only way I can do it is if I try and eat more protein and, well, small amounts of protein, more fat. That really helps me to get into it. But I don't think it's a great idea to go into ketosis all the time. Um, but anyway, we can go on to that another time. So we've taken this meal. We've got small amounts of calories. We've got it high in protein. We've got it high in fat and we've also got some vegetables in there as well and we've also then got some form of carbohydrate. Once we take that, we get up in the morning, we're fasting, brilliant, then we think about what can we do at the end, okay? So how do we break our fast? Now, there's a few kind of tips and, trick and tips and tricks and golden rules to try and avoid doing and these are seem really granular and I do talk a lot about the time of if you're just fasting, you, it, that's just that's really good. So if you don't have time or you don't have the energy or you don't even want to bother, then just fast and that's just good enough. But if you do want to get the most out of your fasting or what you're doing, then maybe try these things. So when we come to breaking our fast, the key thing is, is to have protein. Now, I'm a big advocate of 1.6 to 2.2 grams of body weight uh, sorry, one point, I always get this wrong, 1.6 grams to 2.2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. And that means that you are truly maximizing the amount of protein you get in. It is one of our biggest resources and we really do not want to be reducing down our muscle mass at all, okay? So the reason why is when we start eating, your body's going to kick into that kind of growth um, pathways like mTOR, okay? So it's going to really going to ramp those up again. We want that to happen. We want that to happen in the presence of lots of protein. Protein's a really good one, okay? Fat after as well. You know, if you do want to so fast and then extend into ketosis, if that's like kind of your goal, uh, you know, if you're on a ketogenic diet, then having something like that is always really good. Sometimes I find for me, I can go into ketosis really quickly after fasting by just having a small bit of protein, but then carrying on with quite a bit of fat. And that then keeps me energetic for hours and hours after my fast. So protein, Fat. So fat can be anything like MCT oils, which is more of a kind of an instant energy source. So you can have that in a coffee with some butter, for example, or you can have things like, um, you know, with coconut oil as well, or things like avocados and nuts and those types of things are other good sources of kind of fat as well. The other thing we've kind of talked about before, and it says it in our blog as well, about actually creating sort of like nut bars. You can use like egg whites to sort of bind them up together, put some nuts in there, and they're kind of a really good source of, and, and you know, you can make a batch up on a Sunday and they can last you. And it's just, it's just having things at your fingertip, which is easy to grab because a lot of people don't have time. And if you're at work, you're on a busy schedule, having things like that are great to just have on board and have as and when you need them. So the other thing as well is to sort of slow down the amount of cruciferous vegetables. And that's because they contain this product called raffinose, which can be quite difficult for the body to break down, okay? So they're things like kale, uh, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, those types of things. If you can avoid breaking your fast with those vegetables, ooh, then I think that's gonna that's probably gonna be the better uh, the best way to go. I I always sort of break my fast with um Oh, I can't remember now. Uh, I always break my fast. The same thing every day. Avocados, cucumber, uh, olives, 
and they are sort of semi classes of fruit i suppose but i tend to do that because for me it just makes me feel so much better and i don't get any you know sort of gastric problems bloating um cramping anything i just feel so much better when i stick to those things and in my evening meal i probably have some different vegetables and things like that but those breaking my fast just seem to be really good the other thing is high amounts of lactose so harder cheese um, are better than, than sort of the softer cheeses and obviously there's yogurt and and um, all those sort of things that are quite high in lactose the reason is the body can it can be quite sort of harder for the body to sort of digest it straight away after a fast so if you can avoid them until slightly later on or maybe try having some food first um, and then introducing it as like a little snack later on that would be a lot more beneficial the other thing is eating slow so your kind of satiety hormones like glp1 and peptide yy are released after about eight minutes of eating so what you really want to do is you want to try actually and consume food in a slower manner so you would say like mindful eating for example and that will have a, a, a much bigger benefit on how your how you how full you feel after the food you eat because sometimes you can get it you can want it down and then afterwards you're hungry and then you eat more and then all of a sudden you feel like completely bloated out and that's because we're just eating it too fast and then the hormones sort of slowly kick in and then all of a sudden you're like oh gosh i'm stuffed so eat slow and chew enjoy your food and be mindful about how you eat it now the last one which is probably the most important one is your body has been without glucose for obviously for hours and it's gearing up and it's sort of ready to, as soon as it, it receives it because it's such a, a high sort of and though the body can produce it from the liver it when it's received obviously your insulin is, is raring to go and pack it away and store it so that sort of two hours after you break your fast your body is quite insulin sensitive so what you want to try to do is you want to try to sort of not have a huge amount of glucose so what i tend to do is i tend to break my fast um and then I'll have like some nuts and maybe some sort of like berries, like some blueberries or something. And that really does well for just not having a huge sugar spike. But if you do feel like you want something sweet, then maybe just something like that, because they don't have as much as a, a higher glycemic index than things like bananas and or, you know, other types of carbohydrates like, you know, wheat based carbohydrates. So those sort of tips there are something that you can really do that has a really big effect on your fasting experience now i am just i'm coming from the fact that i've made all these changes over the last eight years of fasting so i've been fasting for eight years and i cannot tell you how much better it's been by just making those small changes over a period of time and you kind of learn what works for you you know what, what i'm telling you today might not work for you you can might be able to eat whatever you want to but i also do mindfully wear things like glucose monitors and things like that that actually does give me some feedback on how the food that I'm eating and the timing and when I eat the food has uh, the biggest impact on my sugars. So, and again, it's not the only metric of health. Again, what I'm really a big advocate for is just how you feel. If you feel great, then, you know, change nothing. You know, if you do really feel brilliant, you've got more energy, mood, focus, you know, you kind of sexually active, you go to the toilet, fine. You don't have any problems passing a stool, weeing, sleeping, exercising all these types of things just do not change anything but if you don't then maybe you want to try implement some of these things and make some changes and they may help they may not but i think it's just important to try if you're 
not where you want to do you've got to think about the input and the output if the input isn't right you know if your output isn't what you want then the input is wrong so change that part of things so just to kind of summarize all like i said we have got a blog on our website that goes into a lot more depth than this podcast today but in you can't fast your way out of a bad diet so when you eat and what you eat is really important okay if you struggle take some boiled eggs maybe make up some nut bars buy some nuts buy some jerky that's not full of sugar you just if you want if you can't and you need to take by processed things then just the way that you break your fast try and be slightly more mindful to bake it with some fat and protein first the night before your pre-fast meal is your really important meal so you want to be having more protein more fat smaller amounts of carbohydrate leaving the carbohydrate at the end of the meal because if you go in and have like a bot spaghetti bolognese i can guarantee the next day you'll feel so hungry and it's horrible i i I don't often do it. I did it last week and I just woke up in the morning and I was like, I'm starving hungry. So pre-fast meal is important. Don't have huge amounts of calories in it. Um, keep it smaller. Then you also want to have a little bit of carbohydrate to help you sleep, but make it more protein, more fat. Then when you break your fast, you want to try to have protein, fat, small amounts or no cruciferous vegetables, which you said was broccoli, kale, um, Brussels sprouts, prognogony, them regularly, um, uh, or cabbage uh, because of the raffinase in it. You want to try and eat slowly so we can get a bit of time for these sort of um, satiety pathways like GLP-1 and peptide YY to, to be released and to signal to the body to obviously turn off your hunger signals. Try not to eat loads of carbohydrate within two hours of uh, breaking your fast unless you're going to be breaking your fast and exercising because if you're doing that you, the flux of um, carbohydrate into the muscles will mitigate out that kind of insulin signal and spike so that you need to worry try to um, uh, so, so there's those things try to reduce lactose as well um, when you break your fast if you want to still want to have some cheeses make sure they're harder cheese uh, if you're going to be using things some people are quite sensitive so maybe ghee over butter and have a lot more fat as well so i hope those things are a bit of guidance like i said we've got that blog explains a bit more depth try these things see if they help if they do great um if they don't then maybe you just haven't got the ratios right maybe you're not having enough protein maybe you're having enough fat but just play around with them uh, i hope to see you again on another episode and thank you so much for listening today mm-hmm.